welcome, welcome to the 10,000 Adventures Podcast. I'm your host, Matthew Holthouse, sitting here in my Vikings man cave. Is my co-host with me, Mr. Maxwell Cougar. Max, how you doing? Doing excellent, sir. Good to be here in studio with you. Yeah, I'm excited to try and get something started here. Uh, together, we're going to make up the 10,000 Adventures Podcast, trying to bring you anything and everything adventure and outdoor related to the great state of Minnesota. Uh, tonight's February 21st, Wednesday. We're in the middle. Tuesday. Of Tuesday. Tuesday the 21st. Is it the 21st? Yep. All right, it's the 21st, and uh, we're in the middle of another snowmageddon. You surviving so far? Yeah, it wasn't too bad getting here. Um, I've heard everywhere from 12 inches up to 25. I was listening to the radio coming in. So, uh, heard that Costco was a little busy today. Oh my gosh. I tried to go get some gas for my snowblower and caught, co- and this was in the middle of the workday over lunch. Costco was the busiest I've ever seen it. St. Louis Park, Costco, the line, I know you've never been there, but the line was all the way wrapped around back to the stoplight. It's like a block and a half just to get into the gas section to get to a line uh, for a gas line. It was the busiest I've ever seen it. Then I tried to go to Holiday on Cedar Lake Road by my house. Same thing. Everything was backed up waiting for people to get gas. Sometimes it's like people have never seen snow before. It was crazy. Yeah, I um, I was just telling you before we started, I went and got gas for the snowblower too because I think so long as you can get out of the driveway, you're I think we got uh, I think we got the plows and we're gonna be just fine. But it's it's funny. It reminded me of like the lines out the door at the grocery stores for getting toilet paper at the beginning of COVID. <laughs> I will say I, I my flight for Thursday is already canceled, and I think all flights are canceled for Wednesday too. So I, I yes, it's a it's a big snowstorm, but my goodness, sometimes people go crazy over some of these things. Yeah, I um. It, other than that all side the the roads weren't too bad there wasn't any um nobody in the ditch although i was just driving mostly residential streets but um yeah it's uh gonna be uh interesting to see how much we accumulate here in the next couple days yeah happy to be here and um I'm glad you asked me to do this, Matt. It's um, something I'm going to be a little bit on unfamiliar territory. I, um, When you came to work, uh, Matt and I worked together, and um, we were just walking the hallways at work, and this idea of creating a podcast came up, and uh, my initial reaction was like, I don't really listen to podcasts. I know some people are pretty religious and um, having a podcast going, and um, listening to them pretty frequently, but I bet I've listened to less than 10 podcasts and, um, I've got a lot more, um, listening with just talk show radio. And so I feel like there's some, there's some definitely relatable things. Um, but that was my first reaction is like, I, I don't know nothing about podcasts. I on occasion don't have a whole lot to say, but, um, you told me about what we're going to be doing and kind of what we're building this podcast around. And I know that's stuff I'm interested in. And so I, um, I couldn't help but ask and wonder what really got you to want to do this. Like what, 
why why podcast? Why do you want to be the person that's distributing this? And so um, that thought crossed my mind immediately. And I think uh, I'd like to hear you share that now. Yeah. Do you do you know who Gary V is? Gary V. Nope. I don't know. I, I didn't think you would. Uh, Gary V. He's like an entrepreneur, businessman, motivational speaker, kind of like a TikToker, Instagram influencer guy. Um, and I think he kind of first got famous by he goes to garage sales and uh, he like he'll like haggle with people over these like dollar items. And then he'll like post his video of going, he'll go back and resell them online and he like knows what stuff's worth. So that's kind of how he got like, or went viral right away was going to garage sales and haggling with, with garage sale owners or people and putting the stuff online and reselling them. But anyways, now he does a bunch of motivational speaking and I was watching one of his videos. He's talking about podcasts and he said, Yes, the podcast boom was really around when COVID started, when everybody started doing podcasts, 21, 20, and 22, and, and 2020. But then he said, like, podcasts are actually way down right now because they're, they're a lot of hard work. So, yes, everybody started a podcast in the last three years, but a lot of them have faded away and fizzled out. Um, and he was basically saying now's a better time than ever to start a podcast because all the people that had started them are no longer keeping up with them. So there is there is a market there for it. So that's kind of what initially got the gears turning in the back of my head. Um, but then I had sat there and was thinking like, well, what, what do I know enough about, right, where I could talk enough or people would want to listen about? And so then I sat, was thinking about that. And then the idea came like, well, I'm from Minnesota, I was raised in Minnesota, same with you, um, and that's one thing that I do know a little bit about. So that's where it kind of started coming, and then like, well, what about Minnesota do I know? Well, or do I know? Well, I'm pretty outdoorsy. I know you're pretty outdoorsy. So then it just came about, well, I've done a lot of outdoorsy different things in Minnesota um, that I've thought are really fun, and I'm always looking for something new to get out and do. And that could be something I could talk about. That could be something, hopefully, that people could relate to or, or strike an interest in. So that's really um, what got the gears turning and then kind of how I stumbled into this idea of 10,000 Adventures, right? The land of 10,000 lakes. We're trying to um, bring all these different adventures, mostly outdoor adventures, to people that might be interested in the same things and are looking for new things to get out and do around our great state. So yeah, that's kind of the why behind it. Yeah, I the more I think about this sort of topic that we're going to continue to probably just it's going to evolve, I think, episode to episode. Um we're I think sensing we're going to be willing to chat about anything whether you want to call um it an adventure to go to a restaurant or if you want to um chat an hour about ice fishing, I think we're going to cover a wide array of adventures, quote unquote. So, um, I'm excited about it and thank you for sharing. I, um, it's the first time we're chatting about it and I, um, I'm excited. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then kind of a podcast structure here for these first few episodes, we're going to try to focus on all winter activities and then the goal is to have a, an expert, if you will, in a different industry to kind of join us, talk to us about the industry that they're in and, and 
hopefully we're learning from them different ideas of what we can do, different ways to get involved in different activities. So ideally that's what we're looking to do. But Max, in the spirit of all things Minnesota, what are your three favorite outdoor Minnesota activities? All right. Well, when you asked me to put together that list, I decided to pivot it a little bit and I wanted to think about things that Minnesota has to offer for adventures that not only I personally would like to do more of, but I think Minnesota does a really good job and can offer these activities. They're easy to do. They're easy to access. They're something that is right here in our backyard and something that we can all go out and do more of. And I think a lot of them are built around what Minnesota has to offer. And and probably for most people, the first thing you think of is lakes. We got more lakes than, than really anywhere in the country. So you'll find that these activities, a lot of them are, are going to be centered around that because what does Minnesota have more than anybody else? It's lakes and, and activities built around having that um, within our state. So with that, the number one thing that came to mind, kind of a given, and I, and I just generalize it a little bit and I'm just calling it ice skating because although a lot of people love to play hockey around here, we were talking about this, Matt, I think it's just fun to get out and skate and it can be somebody's first time or it can be somebody's hundredth time. I know for me, like there's plenty of opportunity around here where you can just get out and, and enjoy the winter with skating around, whether it's a lake, pond, somebody's backyard. There's just so many areas of ice available that I think Minnesota does a really good job just because of the fact that we have that available and the winter is so long that that's my number one. It's just above and beyond anywhere else in the country. Yeah, dude, ice skating. Um, it, it is really, though, it depends on, at least for ice skating on lakes, it does depend on how the lakes freeze a little bit, right? We were talking about this before once, but if the lakes freeze and it's, like, really windy, or if you get a freeze and then a snow or rain and then it melts and then it freezes again, that ice can be kind of choppy and hard to skate on. But if you can get a couple really cold nights of making good ice with no interruption from wind or rain or sleet or snow, and you get that glass on the lakes, nothing beats that. Just darting across the whole lake back and forth. Um, or even like if you can't skate, boot hockey too. You can always get together and just slide around on your boots. I've done that plenty of times. Um, I remember growing up, we used to have a rink, not, not, not a lake, but we had a rink right by my mom's house that the city did a great job keeping up with. And we would go there and skate two, three nights a week in the winters. I remember, um, I didn't play hockey growing up and, but thinking I was like the king of the rink and thought I was so good getting my first pair of skates from played again, strapping them on, um, skating every day, thinking I'm getting better and better. And then my friends showing up who actually played hockey just come in and put me into school a little bit. Um, one other little funny bit, I, I think I've told you this one before too, but we were skating, I was probably like 12 or 13, and we were playing against these guys that were much older than us. They were probably 20 or early 20s. And I went to lift this guy's stick, 
completely missed his stick, hit him in the face, broke his nose, bloody nose, blood everywhere. I felt so bad. Um, and then, of course, he wanted to fight. So his <laughs> wanted to come out and fight. Did you fight him? My friends, no, we didn't fight him, man. Oh, right? man. I was, like, I was like 12 years old. I think after the initial rage or shock wore off, they, they kind of calmed down. But, yeah, I felt so bad after that. But just an absolute classic hockey story, yeah. Um, skating, pond hockey, boot hockey, the whole thing. That's a, that's a perfect number one Minnesota favorite activity. Yeah, and the circumstances of the ice, it like you said, there can be that early ice where there's no snow accumulation, so you really just have an endless skating rink to be creative. You don't you can be by yourself. You could just be gliding around, somebody learning how to skate, figuring it out for themselves. You don't have to have a stick or a puck. You could just be out there. It's for somebody that has done it a ton. I did grow up playing hockey. There's not a person that I don't know that has a good memory of, of whether it was playing hockey in some kind of organized fashion, um, or just taking advantage of the circumstances the weather gave us to just skate around. I was fortunate enough to grow up on a lake, so I have a lot of those memories, but this came up, like they were asking NHL players, like where they kind of built their passion for hockey and pretty much Everybody said it, it It started with playing pond hockey with uh, with their buddies and just it, you're not even organizing anything. You're just getting out and playing and having fun. There's so many more opportunities than we even know about to continue to sustain doing that. Even though we're, we're getting older, I think you can just go out and enjoy the lakes, the, the, the city, um, organized rinks that they have they for the most part from what i've seen they do a really good job of maintaining that and a lot of them are just free to hop on you don't there's not barriers to entry to to spend a ton of money you can like you said go to play it again grab a pair of skates and and just figure it out this weekend actually i was out driving around by lake minnetonka and we've as of late had um not a lot of snow until today and we had a few days where it kind of melted and refroze. So there's actually a lot of ice out there that, um, although maybe not the best conditions because it's, uh, it's, it's a little lumpy out there, but I saw there was, I don't know if it was a road that they had plowed, but there was people just literally skating, like almost like it was a walking path out on Tonka. And I just thought to myself, like, that's something that, um, I want to get out and do. I was in the car with my in the truck with my girlfriend Allison and we were saying like, well, let's come back out. And, and obviously it's probably gonna be too late now with 20 or 20 or so inches of snow coming. But that type of thing I think is something that you don't need to invest a ton of money or time into. And there's a lot of opportunity, people building rinks in their backyards. They always want to share it with their neighbors, with whoever people are just so generous and nice here in Minnesota for the most part. Um, that's gotta be my number one um for minnesota's offerings for adventure especially in winter now going to number two staying with the the theme of of taking advantage of our lakes and i'm generalizing this one because i don't want to um, exclude anybody i'm trying to make this something that pretty much anybody could go out and do and i'm calling this topic just boating and that could be thinking about it you're out on a 
a $500 boat that you scooped up on Facebook Marketplace or you're on that um, that family Mastercraft that I don't even know how much that costs nowadays. I'm sure way too much. But you're out there enjoying the lake on a boat and you're limitless in the things you can do. We were talking about this. Everyone's got a good memory of just cruising around on the lake, whether you're in a canoe, whether you're in a boat, whether you're in a uh, kayak or something like that. It's just, there's so much opportunity around here. There's boat launches within miles of you. There's probably 10 boat launches within miles of you, no matter where you live for the most part. And I think that's something I would like to, um, the summer once the, or the spring, once the ice thaws, do a lot more of and just spend an afternoon chilling out on the lake yeah man boating um growing up my brother and i had a boat called the sea nymph <laughs> <laughs> um well shoot what was it a little 14 foot outboard on the back 10 horse motor that we would just honestly we would take our four-wheeler from our dad's farm drive the four-wheeler and the boat over to a local lake drop the boat in and just go fishing how many countless times the motor died and we had a had a paddle back in um but yes such great adventures uh boating in minnesota um and that's another thing that makes us really unique traveling to other states you go there and they have lakes but they all have just a handful of these big lakes where everybody goes to here there's so many little ponds and lakes and little boat launches like you're talking about, 10 within a mile radius of you probably. And you can just get out and experience those things. And like you said, I think that's one thing we can talk more in depth on maybe on a later episode is what can you do to get on a boat and get on the lake if you don't necessarily have a boat yourself or know somebody that you're close enough with that does have one. Um, even like just trying to canoe or paddleboard or kayak or any of those other things that you mentioned. I remember when I was growing up, um, we had the classic one friend that lived on a lake and our, our summers were consumed of our group of like 10 to 15 guys spend every single day on their, at their, or every single day in the summer on the lake at their house, whether we were trying to tube, wake surf, just hang out and listen to music on the boat, play volleyball on the beach. He would have all of like your summer parties, if you want to call them parties, where everybody would want to go there and hang out. And all of his older siblings, everybody would be there all summer long. His parents loved it. We loved it. Yeah, really right, that lake life mentality and vibe. Um, but yes, love that. Love that they're both lake-based, kind of one of the biggest things that separates us from a lot of the other states. Yeah, 100%. Like, it's... It's like we're going to talk about like barriers to entry for a lot of these things because we want to try and talk about things that a lot of people can do. It's not a niche population, um, whether it's restricted by financials or location. So we're maybe even going to look into like renting boats or just something where you can do where you don't have to put a large investment. Um I haven't researched it, Matt. I don't think you have either, but we know that there is probably a lot more than we're aware of ways to um, get your hands on something where you can make a, 
a, a fun afternoon or a fun evening of just getting out on the lakes and enjoying what we have to offer here. And you don't have to drive hours upon hours. Obviously, you can, but there's so many lakes just here in the metro area. We're in St. Louis Park, and you could literally select from 10 different options here. So it's just something you have to mention as one of the top three for Minnesota. And then for my third, um, this is something that Matt, you're gonna you're gonna be able to talk a lot more than I am. Is taking advantage of what Minnesota's built for in the, um, for uh, biking, just general biking. It can be mountain biking. It could be just leisurely biking. All of the above. But I, from a, a, from a distance, just noticed that Minnesota's built an infrastructure throughout the state for trail systems, for those single track trails you're going to talk about. And I think it's something that um, if you can get your hands on a bike, which I think 90% of people probably can, that Minnesota has so many different areas where you don't need to devote a ton of time and you can just go out, bike around, have fun, whether you're cruising at 30 miles an hour or 10 miles an hour. I think there's so much to offer that anybody can really devote and kind of make a hobby of, of getting out on the bike. Yeah. Single track trails. That's what you're thinking of. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, Minnesota's sneaky good for not having mountains here. We're sneaky good for our mountain bike systems called single track trails. Whether you're in right in the cities here in Theodore Worth and St. Louis Park and Golden Valley that are absolutely exceptional. They're not very long trails. But for the elevation gains and the up and downs, it's a, there's a very good trail system here. My favorite they have out in uh, Victoria, Minnesota, I, I believe is where it is, called Monarch Single Track. Yeah, they got a lot of trails in that area of the state, yep. Yeah, and they have really good uh, single track trails there for mountain biking and for, like you're mentioning, leisure biking. Obviously, you know what? I read a stat one time. We'll have to double check this, but Minnesota has... When you add up the Greenway and Cedar Lake Trail and all of these like long distance biking trails, we have the most mileage of biking trails of any state in the U.S. Isn't that crazy to think? That's crazy. That's kind of like when when I say like from a distance I've observed like these trails that we've invested in to accommodate whether you're traveling to downtown or you're out in Lake Country and you want to get out and just cruise around the trails that are to offer there's there's way more than we even realize that minnesota state parks cities counties the state itself have invested a lot of money to upkeep these trails and to just allow somebody something for free um, to get out and take advantage of and have fun and make an adventure of and i know that there's a lot of places throughout the country that are going to have biking trails that are maybe in like the rankings of the top 10 that have ocean views or mountain views or some kind of um landmark that's really cool to see well um minnesota has not necessarily the 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 high rankings but i think there's the amount of trails that we have is just crazy and and i think like north shore has got tons of places that you could maybe hit those landmarks that are more picturesque, but it's just crazy to me that the amount of ability to go out and get out on a bike and, and just cover some miles. Um, like I said, whether you're just cruising or you're making a, a workout of it, it's, it's 
definitely got to be uh, a top uh, adventure for Minnesota. Yeah, you know I love mountain biking. Sneaky good choice. I really like. Yeah, you've been you've been asking me to get out here for the last year or so, and I've actually um, starting in college. I, I used to go to class on bikes, but I just was like using hand me down bikes or um, funny story. I actually um, the bike I was using that I uh, donated I think a year or so ago. So now I don't even own a bike. But the bike that I had been using for the large majority of college was, um, honestly, I can't even describe it. This is going to sound like a fairy tale, but freshman year of college, we're out trying to do the college thing late at night, walking around and um, just kind of exploring. I, I went to the University of Minnesota exploring like Stadium Village and Dinky Town. And um, there was this dude, I don't know if he was a pizza delivery guy or like a Jimmy John's guy. My gut feeling says he was like a Jimmy John's freaky fast delivery guy. But um, he literally just said like, hey, I'm done with this bike. This is like, a, it had to have been midnight, 1 a.m., 2 a.m. I'm done with this bike. You guys can have it. It's me and my buddies. That's the bike I ended up using for like for sure five years. For sure a bike. And 100%. so like the, the ability to get your hands on a bike, whether it was somehow to your uh, suspicion stolen, I, I swear on my life, I did not steal that bike, but there's just, um, <laughs> there's a plethora of that, um, available where you don't have to go and buy uh, a $500 bike. But if you have the means to do so, I mean, people do, uh, have some, some disposable income, if you will. I think that investment is well worth it. I mean, that's something that's going to probably last you for as long as you want it. I mean, the bike I had, I don't know if it was 30 years old or 40, but I think you can you can definitely uh, do this without needing to spend a ton of money. And um, so these last few years when you've been mentioning these um, weekends where you're going out in the single single tracks, the single track trails, um, I've respectfully declined and I wish I'd go back in time and um, cause I think this summer is going to be the, the year I do it, drop some, some money. Uh, I'm going to get a quality bike and, um, be able to join you on these things because I see, uh, it on social media and I know it's there, but I haven't partaken in it and it's, uh, it's eating at me a little bit. Yeah. You can get a decent front suspension bike for 500 bucks, probably on the cheapest end. But once you have one and start getting into it, it's so, so worth it. Yeah, you, you need the suspension. Because yeah. <laughs> I used that old, uh, what was it? A, uh, I want to say it was a... Was it Mongoose? I don't know. It was all black and it had white lettering in it. It was one of them skinny, skinny bikes. It might have been a Schwinn. Skinny, skinny wheels. I think you call those street bikes? Road bikes. Road bikes. I mean, the wheels are, are yeah, they got to yeah. be less than an inch I mean, they're thin and zero suspension. There's no shocks on this bike. So I tried that one at Theodore Worth and oh my God. Uh, I lasted maybe, uh, I don't know, 10 minutes. And I was like, yeah, I, I got to stay on the, the paved trails. Dude, two quick funny biking stories. One, okay, speaking of taking a road bike on the Theodore Worth trails. Yeah, don't do it. Don't do it. I took this girl on a date. She wanted to go biking. We went... I met her at Theodore Worth to go biking on some of the trails. She said, I've never done it before. I want to try some of these trails. Um, we get there. I have my like regular mountain bike. We didn't really talk about 
any biking experience or what we had for bikes prior to this. So that's probably on me. She showed up with one of those road bikes <laughs> and I was kind of trying to be nice. And I was like, you sure? Like you want to do that? I should have been more forceful. Like that bike's not going to work. Um, so we, we went and I was in front of her and we got into this trail. It wasn't very long, probably like a mile. And at the end, there's kind of, it splits off. There's an easy, it says like easy and hard. And the hard is clearly full of rocks. So I was like, oh, I'm going to climb up, climb up through this hard. She's like, I'm going to go around through this easy so I don't pop a tire. Perfectly understandable. I go through the hard. I know the hard is more like straight up. So it's going to take her a couple of extra seconds to get through that. Yeah. I go through the hard. I come out of the woods. I come out of the trail. And she doesn't come. And at this point, I mean, it's only been like 30 seconds, but I'm starting to get concerned because I can see back on the trail. I'm like, where is she? What's going on? So I start walking back. Here she comes walking out of the trail, walking the bike. (laughs) (laughs) And there's another guy. That would have been me. (laughs) There's another guy that is just like, he's going for a run. So he's just running on a trail parallel and he chirps her. He looks at her and yells, well, that's one way to do it. Ha, ha. <laughs> <laughs> and it just keeps buzzing by her. Oh, oh boy. Yeah, I felt so bad. Another good bike story about stolen bikes. So I used to live Mine wasn't stolen. Yours was stolen. It was a gift. Yeah, this bike I'm never going to use again. Yeah, because you just stole it. <laughs> um, I When I used to live in Uptown, I used to like to bike from Uptown to Target Field lock the bikes up, go to the, Oh, I've heard this one. Yeah. Drunk bike back to uptown. So I don't have to worry about taking a cab or anything. Okay. So my friend comes over, him and I are going to bike to the game. He gets there. He didn't bring his bike. He was supposed to bring his bike. I swear to God, he was supposed to bring his bike. (laughs) He didn't bring his bike. So he gets there. Um, and he's like, well, I don't have my bike. I was like, well, my roommate has a bike, but He's out of town at the Boundary Waters, so I can't really ask him if we can use it. And we're like, I make the executive decision. We'll just take it. I'll tell him when he'll get when he gets back. It won't be a big deal. We bike to the game. We lock him up. Had a rope lock, not a U lock. That's my fault. We had a, one of the rope locks so we could get them together. We go to the game. I mean, there's like 50 bikes locked up. So it's not just our two bikes. We come out. All the bikes are stolen. Let me rephrase that. <laughs> All of the good bikes are stolen, including my roommate's good bike. My bike was like a $200 junker. So my bike's laying there. There's like a, a handful of other like really shitty bikes laying there. And so we shouldn't probably shouldn't have done this, but I jumped on my bike. My friend jumped on another bike laying there. And we biked back to <laughs> I didn't know that last part. <laughs> yeah, we just picked up one of the other junkers laying on the ground. Oh. To bike back to up down. Somebody got stranded at Target Field. Yep. And then uh, my roommate came back from the from the boundary waters the next day and I had to tell him that I took his bike without asking him to the twins game, got it stolen. And then he had to tell me that that was an $800 bike. <laughs> and I was like one year out of college. I'm like broke at this time. 
So yeah, I, you're gonna have to give me a week or two to save up for that that's one. Basically, what I, and you know what he did? He goes, "Yeah, I was thinking about upgrading anyway, so just Venmo me 800 so I can go get another new bike." <laughs> and that's what he did. Yeah, that's my bro. So yeah, biking adventures in the cities, love it. I mean, what? I mean, that's actually like part of the thing too. Like, what baseball parks, MLB parks, have like an ability to have 50 plus bikes locked up. Like that's, that's just, that's kind of what I'm getting at here. Like the access to get so many different places is Minnesota's done a really good job, whether it's bike lanes or I think it's the green lane that, that, um, that brings you green way that brings you right up into target field. Like you said it, like it's, It's crazy, but I'm just trying to picture whoever stole all those bikes, loading them up into their truck or whatever they had. Yeah, that's what they do. And <laughs> and they resell them. Someone probably thought they just worked for the the <laughs> the field and were like were like just um, basically like towing cars, but towing towing bikes because <laughs> people didn't pay for their parking. But thankfully, I think it's it's free. So yeah, that's I mean something I need to get into, and those are some some good stories. It's like. Not only current stories, but all three of these topics, skating, boating, biking, like they, at least for me, have a level of nostalgia. Like they're things we did, at least for me, more as like a kid, which I think doesn't have to be that way. You can you can continue to go biking and, and have fun doing that. And you can continue to, to make memories of that, getting out on the lakes and boating and getting out on the rinks, the lakes and skating. Okay, next here, I got some trivia for you. Are you ready? Yeah, give it to me. All right, this is with the theme of Minnesota here, okay? This is all Minnesota-based trivia. And we talked about some of these in my team meetings at work, so I'm, I'm sharp right now. All right. Okay, give me your best guess. What's the lowest recorded temperature ever in the state of Minnesota? I'm going to go with... Sixty-two below. Very good guess. Where do you think it was? Um, maybe Grand Portage. Very good guesses. So it's actually negative sixty. So you're two degrees off, and it was in Tower, Minnesota, which okay. I think is in that general vicinity. Yeah, that's um, Boundary Waters area. Mm-hmm. But, okay. Dude, another great topic we didn't even mention with the state of Minnesota, the Boundary Waters. That could have a whole series of episodes on it. Yeah. We'll have to get into that one of these episodes. And talk about the time I flipped you in the canoe (laughs) when we were getting out, remember? What? You and I were sharing a canoe. I was in the front. We were going to land. I got out, and then I was trying to pull you closer to shore. (laughs) Yeah, you don't. don't. (laughs) And I dumped you. Once you get that canoe landed, you do not yank that thing on to land. That is a recipe to tip you over. Learn that one the hard way. That's my bad. <laughs> um, okay, next one. Highest recorded temperature ever in the state. What was it, temp? Ooh. You'll probably, nobody would know where it is, but if you have a guess of where, I did write that down too. So highest recorded temp. What uh, do you think? Let's see. I mean, it's definitely over 100 degrees, probably not by much. I'm going to say 100. 
108 degrees is the high. And that was recorded in... Mm, let's go... I'm trying to think of like a southwestern portion of the state city. Let's go with um, Laverne. Dang, dude, you're good. So you're a little light. It's actually 115 degrees. Okay. Is the high. This It was recorded way back in 1917. So a very long time ago. But you are in the right vicinity. The name of the town is Beardsley. Which Beardsley. is uh, in that yeah, vicinity. It's like that. on the South Dakota border, right in the. La- I think it's a little north of Laverne, but right in the neighborhood. It's quite a ways north of Laverne. Beardsley is, yeah, a border town, South Dakota, Minnesota. Lot of prairie wetlands in that area. We yeah take a duck hunting trip there every year. I don't know why there is so hot. Maybe it's like lower in elevation, so it sucks in the heat. Because we looked, we looked up at work. Highest recorded, bonus trivia, highest recorded temperature ever in the world. Where and what was it? Oh, jeez. Um, somewhere along. Here's a hint. It was in the U.S. What? Where in the U.S. and quick guess what was the temp wait this is the highest temperature ever recorded in the world highest the temp- exactly yep interesting uh i don't know i'm gonna go with southern california and it was 135 i you must have looked it up did you no. <laughs> so it's 134 degrees, <laughs> and it was in Death Valley, which is in California. Yeah, Southern Cal. There you go. boy. Good job. All right, all right. I just swear <laughs> to God, I, I didn't look up any of this stuff. You're not on your phone over there? No. Don't lie to me, boy. All right. All right, let's go next. Highest point in Minnesota, what's the elevation, and where is it? That'd be Eagle Mountain, and that'd be about 2,300 feet. boy. Yep. Where's Eagle Mountain? That's uh, basically the northeastern tip. Yeah, it's right by Grand Marais. Yeah. Yeah. Way up north, but right by Lake Superior. It's called Eagle Mountain. It's actually a pretty cool hike. Have you done it? I have not. I um, I should sometime, but I've heard some things that it's... uh. It's not. It's, it's kind of a cool thing to say you did, but it's not like, uh, wow, this was one of the best hikes I've ever done in Minnesota type of thing. Yeah, no, that's pretty spot on. I think you might have said that to me. Yeah, I've, I've done it as like a day trip. I've gone up there. I think we stayed actually in Grand Marais. Um, but and uh, it, I feel like I should. Just uh, to say, something you have to do. It's like a just a bucket list thing. Bucket list is kind of a extreme, but you got to be able to say you've hit the highest point. Yeah, and it's the view's not like awestruck or that shocking. It does overlook kind of the boundary waters, so it is a pretty cool view, and you can see Lake Superior in the distance. So it is, it is pretty cool. But um, it's like, like you said, it's one of those things that you say you did. Okay, along those same lines. What was the what's the elevation? Was I about right? Twenty three hundred one. What did so I say? You said twenty three hundred. So yeah, you were spot on. <laughs> I mean, well, if you knew the reason I had a pretty good idea of the elevation is, um couple weeks ago we were in Sedona and I was like 
driving and we're like, our ears are popping and like, oh gosh, this is pretty high elevation. And then I think it came up a topic like, what's the high, highest elevation in, in Minnesota? I'm like, I think we were in like 4,000 feet. And I was like, wow, that's such a, Embarrassing. such a difference from what's available throughout the country as far as elevation. And then I'm over here saying Minnesota is known for great skiing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I, I thought it, I didn't say it. Um, okay. Lowest point in Minnesota. What's the elevation and where? That I don't know. Um, hmm. Lowest point. I'm going to take a wild guess and say, trying to think of maybe like an area that floods. Um, I don't know if that's necessarily going to mean that's the lowest point. I don't know. I'm going to go with, um, I don't even know, Mankato. What's the elevation? Best guess. 50 feet. Good guesses. Finally, you're a little bit off on one of them. So the lo- this, I, I could be wrong on this because I looked at a couple of different sources. Lowest elevation in the state is 600 feet, and it's the shoreline of Lake Superior. So somewhere in the shoreline of Lake Superior, it's 600 feet is the lowest elevation. Interesting. Okay. Now, that I could be completely wrong. That one I wasn't super confident in. I couldn't quite find an exact answer. but And that's also from the DNR's website, the Do Nothing Right Patrol, so they could be way off too. Um, but apparently there's a, there's a <laughs> oh, hike. Wait, what are they called? The DNR, you've never heard that? Do Nothing Right Patrol? <laughs> well, that's what DNR stands for, is Do Nothing Right. Oh, I have never heard of that. You've I'm never heard of that? that. Yeah. Well, don't <laughs> use it when you're talking to them. <laughs> uh, yeah, Do Nothing Right. The DNR elevation survey. doesn't really. It's not. A, it's not anything on my mind when I'm traveling across the state, really. So, um, yeah, six hundred feet though. Yeah, and I and I was when I was reading this. Apparently, there's a hike because it's on the shore of Lake Superior and Eagle Mountains right by Lake Superior. So apparently, there's a hike that takes you from the lowest point in the state to the highest point in the state. If six hundred feet and Lake Superior shoreline is correct. So there's it's a 15 mile hike, which would that would be actually kind of cool to say you did. That would take about a whole day to hike, starting at Lake Superior. It's probably like on the Lake Superior hiking trail or something. Takes you all the way up to to the top of Eagle Mountain. That would actually be kind of fun. Yeah, I, I check it out. But uh, I think point here is we don't have a whole lot to offer as far as elevation here. I would agree with that. <laughs> All right, that's all for now. Thanks to everyone who made it this far. We'll be back soon to talk U.S. Pond Hockey Championships, Polar Plunges, and all other current events from the great state of Minnesota. Until then, hopefully you get an opportunity to get outside and adventure. Bye, everybody.